Welcome to Bible Q&A, a monthly discussion with Luther Seminary faculty about everything you wanted to know about the Bible but were afraid to ask. I'm Cameron Howard. And I'm Eric Barreto. And joining us today is Dr. Lois Farag, who is Associate Professor of Early Church History here at Luther Seminary. Welcome. Thank you. And we're talking today about desert spirituality and reading the Bible. Yeah, so thanks, Elise, for writing. This is fascinating stuff, and I think really helpful for, for me and for, for our listeners, too. What's, where do you think is the most important place for our listeners to start, or people who've read the article? What's the, the, the big takeaway, you think, for this kind of ancient spirituality and the way it might help us today? I think ancients, this type of ancient spirituality, it is so ancient and so practical. Hmm. And I think that is the reason why it survived so long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, this practical aspect that people usually miss, and I think focusing on the practical aspect of it will mm-hmm. encourage people to practice it more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for example, in this article, it's speaking about scripture. And scripture really is at the center of desert spirituality. Mm-hmm. Not only reading scripture, mm-hmm. but I would say the practical aspect of scripture. There's almost this How kind of living, living, living scripture. It. And like that scripture isn't just something you read. It's something that kind of... not invades, but kind of does invade you. It kind of permeates everything that you do. Exactly. And this is what they wanted us to do. They don't want us to read, but to read deeply. Mm -hmm. And for them to understand this deep essence of Scripture, uh, you have to read it often. Yeah. What they would say, ceaselessly. Hmm. So you are constantly reading Scripture. Of course, when you have... When you're reading scripture, you're going to have a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. So they'll tell you the more you read it, the more you get to understand it. The spirit Mm -hmm. is going to work with Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. and unfold the meaning of scripture. Uh, On the other hand, the more you read scripture, the more you have questions. Right. Mm -hmm. So for one simple (laughs) verse that everyone would say is the core of our Christian, you know, understanding of love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Easy said. (laughs) <laughs> that's right. so that, that's a lifetime of, of thinking and exactly experience to make, make sense of that so they would be asking okay uh, <coughs> I am reading this verse uh, how can I really apply it mm-hmm. so you would have a lot of conversations among the desert fathers and mothers coming with questions well this happened to me and I felt I did not live to the fullness of the verse of loving mm. your neighbor as yourself. And it strikes me that it's, it's not moralism. It's not, you know, do the right thing or do the wrong thing, but it's this participation in what God is doing in the world, or what is it there? It's, it's not just do the right thing and don't do the wrong thing. There's something else going on there. It is how to live Scripture. So let's say we return back to the verse of love your neighbor. If you repeat, okay, I wake up in the morning, I'm going to say, love your neighbor as yourself. The first question is, who is your neighbor? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that's the first question. Yep. You are going to think of the Samaritan uh, parable, you know, right. okay, right. He, he is my neighbor. Okay, I open the door, I go out, and I say, okay, who of them is the Samaritan? Who of them is my neighbor? I need to find a Samaritan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might be difficult in the Twin Cities. But, but you are going to find a lot of neighbors that yeah. you never thought of them. Oh. 
And how do I love myself? Exactly. <laughs> and then the second thing, how deep do I love my neighbor? Because mm. I think I should love myself a lot, which is what we usually do. And maybe this is the mm. problem. Mm. We love ourselves mm. more. And how do we open ourselves to love our neighbor? So if you keep this verse constantly in your mind to love your neighbor as yourself, Mm -hmm. you're going to look at the person you are interacting with on that day. Well, he is my neighbor. She is my neighbor. Why don't I like this person that much? (laughs) (laughs) What is the point that making me not like this person? Is that question rhetorical? Because I I can give you a list. So you begin analyzing, you know, what is the reason that makes me not love my neighbor? And, well, he said this thing, then should I not like him for that? Or, you know, so you begin uh, applying this verse deeply and practically. And this is how they wanted us to read scripture. Mm -hmm. Contemplate on it and make it a prayer. So if you are unable to love your neighbor, then you go home and say, Lord, make me love my neighbor because Mm -hmm. I'm unable. Help me to love my neighbor. So your reading turns to be a prayer at the end of the day. Oh, there's so much to unpack yeah, no. there. and um, <laughs> This is going to go long. <laughs> yeah, but it makes me think, first of all, in our modern task-oriented society, mm-hmm. um, what a difficulty it is to think about a couple of things. One, instilling practices in ourselves that we do mm-hmm. every day that are not about accomplishing something. It's not that, okay, I have now read through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and I can cross that off my bucket list. It's rather I'm going to uh, practice reading every day, sometimes the same text over and over and over again, and not to get an answer to a question Mm -hmm. that is final, um, but rather to come back to every time I think I've got an answer, a new question or two will open up. Well, I'm struck by this example of love your neighbor as yourself and to love God. That So earlier you talked about the desert mothers and fathers talking about reading ceaselessly. And we don't mean that you always have your nose in a Bible in the book or that you're going to have Google Glass and you can constantly be reading it, <laughs> but that you read love your neighbor as yourself. And that part of the practice of reading doesn't stop when you close the book is that you carry it with you all day. And you constantly are thinking, love your neighbor as yourself, and that when somebody cuts you off on the road, you're, you're reading that text exactly. just at that moment. Love, yes, your reader as, yes. love your neighbor as yourself. Or even if nothing is happening and you're just sitting there, love your neighbor as yourself. Or I really like this example of waking up, and that's the first thing that comes to mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. So that's, that reading extends beyond that moment when my eyes are looking at letters and words. I mean, this is an excellent way to explain it because it is living the verse, not reading the verse. Mm-hmm. And until the verse is embedded within you. So if you take every verse in the, li- in, in the Bible in this way, you are going to have the Bible as part of you, as part of the way you think, as part of the way you live. So it becomes a living Bible, mm-hmm. not a Bible that is on your table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you internalize yeah. 
you know, the, the text itself until it becomes part of who you are and how you think yeah. is going to mold your way of thinking. In a previous podcast, we were talking about the Bible um, as a sort of icon of American life and how does that change now that we have easy access. And one thing that I really appreciated about your essay is the way it emphasizes the importance of memorization as part of that process of internalizing scripture. And I think sometimes we think because I can I can look that up on my iPad or my iPhone at any moment, I don't need to memorize um, these words. I can always get to it. But that thinking about memorization and recitation and internalizing as prayer mm-hmm. changes and, the and whole way you think about what memorization and not does. as activity like or not as accomplishment as you talked about earlier not as right. this kind of rote thing that you have to do but it's a way of kind of interacting with the word in a different way in a way that kind of sinks in has really deep roots in our lives it's not like that camera so it's, it's really not a nice s- way to put it a sense of accomplishment i'm going to memorize two verses today no if you are deeply embedded in one verse, let the verse work in you for mm. a day, two, more. Yeah. Let the verse take its life within you. Mm-hmm. So don't inhibit it. Don't put goals and accomplishments. Uh, so <laughs> maybe the goal isn't, I think, like a, like a Westerner in some ways. Like you start by memorizing and then you live it out. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like, I think the desert spirituality says, you dwell in it, you read it, you read it. And the memorization happens because you're living it, not because you're forcing your brain to memorize it. Yes. Is that right? So memorization is the understanding of making it part of who Mm -hmm. you are, Mm -hmm. making it dwell within you. Do you have a favorite story of a desert father or mother and the way that they approach scripture that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, that's a very difficult question because there are so many of them. <laughs> maybe it's not maybe a story, but maybe some sort of a, a quotation yeah, or right. some sort of a wisdom saying from one of the fathers. So one of the elders said, uh, the prophets compiled the scriptures and the fathers have copied them. And the men who came after them learned to repeat them by heart. Then came this generation that have placed them in cupboards as useless things. Hmm. So was this, what, 1920? <laughs> <laughs> this is 19, t- 2014. <laughs> so I think they are aware that, and this was at the time when mm. scripture was not in print, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. buying scripture was a, a luxury and yep. expensive. So even now when we are having as we say, scripture at our fingertips, not mm-hmm. only on our shelves, but mm-hmm. on our phones and everywhere. Mm-hmm. And how often even do we click on our phone to consult scripture while mm-hmm. we are waiting, let's say, in line for whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it's the idea of making scripture useful and not just on the shelf. And I think it sounds like then that what we need is less whether the Bible's present or not, but this set of disciplines, these set of practices. And discipline, I think, sounds negative, I think, to a lot of ears, so maybe practices, but that there's, we have to be intentional and thoughtful about how we read this text. And again, and I really like this idea, I'm going to carry it with me, that reading is something that happens even more when we, st- when we take our nose out of that book and turn our face toward the world. And that's when the stuff actually enters into our, into our lives in a powerful way. 
And, and I think from this question, what they are really telling us, <coughs> don't make the, li- the Bible as a text. Hmm. It is a life you live. It's not hmm. a text. Mm-hmm. Think of it as something that you make it as part of your life. Yeah. So That's beautifully said. Thank you, Louise. Thank, thank you so much for this. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on Bible Q&A. You can find more information at enterthebible.org. Join us again. Mm-hmm.